when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It is July 28th, 2017, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio. It is episode 83. I'm yeah. joined here in Brooklyn by Danielle Rienda. Hi, how's it going? Also by Patrick Klepik. Hello. Not Hello. in Brooklyn. Sadly, not in Brooklyn. On, on, <laughs> on the Internet. And also Rob Zachney. How is it going, Rob? Just enjoying a beautiful week in Boston, my friend. <laughs> is that was there a did subtext? Did you steal that cup from the office? I think he did. Wait, did you steal that cup from look, the office? Look, look at this cup. Look at this cup. Did you I steal didn't that see shit? <laughs> Which office did you steal that from? Our office or from LA? Tell me, tell me the <laughs> truth. I right, just give me a blink. Give me a left blink if it's LA. Give me a right blink if it's New York. Which which his left or your left? I don't know. I just want to know he's not taking my cups. That's all. That's what it was. No, no. You take take is, LA uh, cups. Is, that's this okay. Is straight out of Los Angeles. Straight right. from Venice Beach. Mm-hmm. Fuck LA. You'll fuck it. Not like Vice LA. I just mean. No, LA is. I don't like yeah. LA as a place. Yeah, me either. It's too big. Sorry. I, Natalie is just like, I sensed Natalie. Natalie's like, look very over unhappy at us. right it's now. It's so sprawling. Los <laughs> Feliz so... is cool. Echo, I'm, I'm not saying cool parts of LA. Yeah. yeah. Parts of LA are fine. I'm saying as a general principle, fuck LA. Like, Los Feliz is great. Santa Monica is great. Echo Park is great. We're, Santa Monica fun. is great. Jesus God. It's a jealousy here. As like a touristy place to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. live in Santa Monica. Well, humans can't live in Santa Monica. <laughs> that's because it's, it's like habitable. that's just because Airbnb billionaires bought all of Santa Monica and are mm-hmm. slowly Good. running mm-hmm. it off. That's actually true. Uh, the my beef with with LA is that is that it doesn't do what I want from it. It does it does parts of what I like from from cities, which is like really good food, good museums, like good culture in general, like. But the big thing that I want from a city is the ability to get from one of those places to another. Without well, you don't have that either, so... Okay. Right, well, it's... I guess I well, do, Well, we're like, in that... <laughs> currently in New York City. Yes, there is a moment right now... Actually. Yes, that is <laughs> New York not is great. not serving us in that capacity but right it, now. But it is built to when... It's when supposed it's, to. Right, yes. and, and like the, the base infrastructure is there so that it could... And the, the, it is, it is a compressed... It is geographically compressed yes. as a city so that that makes sense. With twice the population of LA. Right, in, totally. In way less I don't space. think it's half the space, but it's a much smaller amount of the oh, space. Oh, it's so. way... I'm... So sure it is way more than way less than way half less the than space. Half. LA is you don't like, LA is real big. LA is huge. LA yeah. is like a state. Like it's huge. <laughs> I am from Rhode Island, so give me give it to I'm, me in I'm Rhode gonna, Island terms. Right. Los Angeles. Rhode Island is about 120 size. square miles. I think. Wait, are you just yeah. googling Los Angeles sucks? Yeah, so it's size. It's just going to redirect to San Francisco, <laughs> like tourist board. Yeah. Uh, so Rhode Island is 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 twelve twelve square yeah. miles. Five oh three is LA. Oh my. Your state is only twice as big as the city of Los Angeles. This is what I mean. Wow. This is what I mean. Holy shit. According to this, anyway. According to this quick bad search we just did. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's do New York. (laughs) It's just so much. It's just. And, and like, I'm not, again, I'm not saying the MTA is great. New York City's 304. Okay. So it's not quite half. Yeah, but think about, like, close to it. Yeah, but, like, real talk, no one's going to Staten Island, dog. Like that's true. It just doesn't count. You got like, ta- What we're talking about is is basically the four Manhattan, boroughs that the four matter. Boroughs that matter. <laughs> and 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 being real, and I'm not shit talking the Bronx. Like shout outs to the Bronx, Dizemero. Shout outs, like y'all right there, Bodega Boys. Captain Ka- Cross lives in the Bronx. Captain Cross, yeah, Captain Cross. We know good people. people. Good Yusef people. Cole, Yusef Cole, who Yusef, wrote a great yes. piece for us this week. Shout out to the Bronx. But most people aren't going to the Bronx to visit. Like. I live in Queens. I work in Brooklyn. I occasionally go and fuck Manhattan, but also I occasionally have to go to Manhattan for some same, reason. Same, same. But like, well, and, but it's reverse. It's, but yes, yeah, yes right, exactly. exactly. And so, but and there is there is the ability to do that in a way that does not ever mean that I get into a car, and also that means I can do it late at night. 
And that ended up being the big thing for me when I was out in LA was like, oh, this cool thing is happening out in Echo Park or whatever. And like, okay, I'm going to get there. I'm going to probably get drunk. And then I'm going to have to pay for a car to get home. And then a car the next day to get my car or to get, you know, or whatever, right? Like that's the setup of that city. Yeah. And you can't just walk to a grocery store. Like there's all – that's the stuff. That's like the daily life stuff of like I love where I live because I can get to a grocery store. I can get to a laundromat. I can get to like key stuff. I could walk to a doctor. I could walk – you know, like all of that part of – is what I like from cities. And I'm not saying that that's the only way to live. Like I grew up in, in a suburban area. I've lived in areas that are like really boring and empty and uh, enjoyed them in a sense like because they offer other things. But the thing I want from a city is the ability to explore like by myself on foot and like I just don't get that in LA and it's fine I get that other people like it I get it are we I'm still talking about LA <sighs> I had a lot on my chest to get off Patrick I, I'm pretty sure I blacked out sorry for it's been it's been right here it's a beautiful city how's everybody been doing this week it's been a long week well <laughs> there's two answers this morning. okay yeah there's two answers to that yeah I feel like I, I'm in this weird situation where like my life is pretty fucking awesome uh-huh. however the world we live in feels like it's falling apart a little bit more every yeah, day. Every day is a hard. So there's, there's like attack. those are the two answers. Like my life's going okay with a whole lot of anxiety for the world that is falling apart. Did you stay up and watch the votes? Last I was night? on my ambulance last night. I was <laughs> on amazing. my volunteer ambulance, seeing patients in between tweeting and being like, "Oh my god," you know, like freaking out, looking at Twitter, and then I was like, "Oh wait, I gotta go into the ER and right. help a, a emotionally distressed patient." Um, so that was a weird experience. I bet. <laughs> I bet. What was the like attitude of people, other EMTs, about all this? Are they freaking not even, out? Yeah. Honestly, like obviously, there's a lot more. I will say this: there is a very wide political spectrum. At sure. I, I work at a volunteer ambulance agency, and there's a tremendous. There's a lot of Trump supporters. There's a lot of leftists. There's a lot of everything in between. So the people I was riding with last night, it was more. Just holy God, we can't. This is going to be a mess. Healthcare workers in general, doctors, like every major organization right, of right. healthcare workers. The AMA came workers. out, I think, last night with a thing saying, like, yes. fuck the This the is terrible. Or the skinny Pediatrics uh, yep. Association, like, are like, this is really bad. People need health insurance. People need preventative care. People mm-hmm. need these things to live healthy lives in an industrialized society. Uh, so healthcare workers as a whole are incredibly against repealing health care. <laughs> right. Shocker. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, people were just kind of freaking out in general. Yeah. Uh, so. What a weird yeah. night. Patrick and I were, were up late. I think uh, you may have seen tweeting. Yeah. We were definitely feeling the, f- the fatigue. Uh, and shout out to anybody who, who was out there doing more than tweeting, obviously, who was making phone calls. I don't know a lot of yes. people were in D.C. out on the on the fields, out in front. It was of- one of those moments when I when I was seeing the um- – like the the videos were like if reporters inside were mm-hmm. saying that you they could hear the chanting about so I was like ah yeah ah. it's yeah. one of those like like I love being a dad I love my child yep. but like I can't I I can't just go get on a plane right. and make an impulse and like I'm yep. just gonna go get in it if, uh, if yeah so good good on everyone that was able to either traveled or or, or make calls because, or send send postcards yeah, anything. Yeah, and yeah. and put pressure if I can uh, stay stay engaged resist bot is. A really good tool yes. in case people are phone shy or, you know, just have issues with calling if you're at work. Uh, ResistBot is a really cool tool on Twitter that will help you fax and call your senators and your representatives yeah. and so on and so forth. Whew. Just saying. One of those things that I, I always think it's interesting for us because obviously we're always thinking about politics here at Waypoint. Like we're all people who are engaged with that stuff. And it's interesting to see when the events of the world are such that we cannot help but weigh in. Like we have to we have to get it out of our systems. We have to say out loud like, oh, I feel relief because of this thing. Or, oh, I'm stressed about it because this certain things are just like that big. Um, and it's yeah. been one of those weeks with a lot of those things. So, And it's easy to tie that back into things like uh, pieces we've written about the ACA and right. how it's been sure. a boon for smaller developers. Right. I think that's one of those things that like we so – it's, it's amazing. We can easily make those connections we back that, as well to right. our specific – We ran field. that piece not that long ago. Right. The piece that you're talking about was written by Joseph Noop, uh, who's a freelancer who we work with. Um, and it's about, uh, what the, what the ACA, what Obamacare has, has done inside of the games industry in terms of opening up possibility for independent developers to actually go out on their own and kind of take risks. Um, you know, having that social safety net means that they're able to be entrepreneurs and be experimental and be, you know, kind of artists who, who are able to, to do things that 
they would normally never do because they would restrict themselves to working at big, you know, publishers, big developers that could provide healthcare, um, that could offer that stability. And it's amazing as we ran that piece a couple of months ago. And I, you know, I edited that piece. I was hands on with that piece. And then I saw someone else make the same point the other day. And I was like, that's a good point. And I was like, wait, yeah, I know that point already. <laughs> we ran that story. We about that. <laughs> um, but yeah. like, it's one of those things that is a reminder that with these things, with, with politics, we're always in this mode of, I think maybe this is just life. I often feel like, oh, we got to get a win. But like, no, you need to string together like progress. Like a win is never like, Sports is a really good metaphor for a lot of things, but also there is no championship. They're like, oh, we did it. We're done. Swish. I'm out. Here's right. the ring. And, I, you know, maybe sports is a good metaphor because there's always another season. There's it's always like, – you yeah. always have to come back and well, keep Well, yeah, I mean pushing. that's like – it's worth saying like uh, like last night, you know, the defense of a flawed uh, compromise uh, health <laughs> bill that needs lots of changes. Like – but it is a victory. And, it like, is a victory. It's okay to relish Absolutely. in that, especially in 2017 – Given how many setbacks that are completely out of our yep. control, right? Like things like there was happening with like, you know, the, transgender yep. uh, uh, military personnel. Like that is out of our control. Activists can maybe can put pressure, but, but you cannot – like that is just on Trump and there's yep. just not much we can do about that. But like this was something which activists participate in, like pressured. And it, it like the defense of something that was flawed is still a victory, especially in the context and the environment we're in. So it is okay to sit back and go – Yes, like there's so much more to do and there's so much more to change, but it's okay to feel good about what happened yeah, last night. Totally. Rob, are people in, in Boston excited that they've con- that, <laughs> that old Romney care is still around? Good old Romney care. I mean, it definitely – it comes up a fair bit though because there is like this uh, degree of relief that like our system exists kind of independently right. of the ACA. Uh, and so there is kind of this like relief that to a degree you're on like the proverbial liberal island, mm-hmm. uh, where <laughs> there's a lot of things that can affect other parts of the country, but like Massachusetts has sort of built some redundancies, uh, into its own sa- safety net. On the other hand, like not all the people we love and care for are here in Massachusetts. Like, you know, I've got family <laughs> back in Indiana, uh, which has become, right. uh, you know, kind of a right wing hellscape in some ways. Um, <laughs> And and so I'm I'm a little concerned for you know my aging parents uh you know as the as as the insurance market sort of changes around them and that's a uh you know a very real and present worry uh on my mind a lot yeah. these days it's wild um, like uh, yeah yeah it's 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 terrifying uh because it's 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 yet another thing to dread mm-hmm. uh, I I think like it's. For me, you know, coming at, coming at this out of, you know, I, I graduated into a bad job market, then I did a lot of freelancing. Like, there's always been a pretty intense level of dread about just finances, but particularly, per, particularly like insurance mm. uh, and healthcare. And that is starting to ease a little bit. Like, my finances and career have sort of stabilized in the last few years. And just as that's happening, you know, other family stuff is starting to come up, like, you know, yep. different phase of life. Yeah. And it's kind of like this I would really enjoy relief from the gnawing dread that attends a lot of American life. <laughs> uh-huh. And I think uh-huh. that is that maybe is what this fight is ultimately about for me to an extent, is that there's so many people living feeling like there's this sort of fucking Damocles uh, yep. over their heads. And if we can remove that, then that's not just good policy, but it's also like a human kindness. Yep. Uh it, it it's weird too. Like I think you know, we are a video game podcast. We are a video game website that obviously has a political bent. Um, and we have had a really busy week here doing stuff that we think is, is really important. We've done a, we've been doing a series called At Play in the Carceral State, which looks at games and their place in relation to, to prisons and prison culture. We've sent a reporter to Gitmo. We're doing all this stuff that is very important. I believe truly academically, intellectually, you know, we're running essays about, about, you know, what our superhero fantasies uh, mean when it comes to our understanding of criminal justice. We have an essay going up today by Cameron um, that you're in the middle of editing yep. that's, that seems really good. It's awesome. Um, about <laughs> about imagining kind of a world um, where we could re- re-envision what we mean when we say criminal justice. Basically or ab- abolishing a lot of our current notions of what prison is. Exactly. And, like. yeah. and that stuff is great. And also, we still have to walk the line of like, 
and now we're gonna do a battleground stream. And I'm gonna go, <laughs> blow up that fucking car. And it can be it can be so go weird. to the crate. God damn it, Patrick. Pat mm, we had a breakfast in battlegrounds go today. Go to the crate. Where Patrick went to the crate. He did a very Austin Walker movement. He did a very I, you like yeah, channeled I, your old dad, who is me, for people who don't weren't caught up. I'm Patrick's father, by the way, in this scenario. Uh and we went for a crate that we shouldn't have, and we paid the <laughs> ultimate price. We paid the ultimate price. A waste of time. Totally. But there's this thing that's weird, which is like, I want, like, I, uh, one of the questions that I think has come up while we're doing this, this, uh, this series on the carceral state, as a thing that comes up whenever we talk about politics in general, is like, how do you square both writing a goofy stuff about video games? How do you square writing about NAC2 memes in Splatoon mm-hmm. and also late night politics tweeting and then like, and then talking about it on the podcast. And it's tough because on one hand, the thing I, I want us to do is to make our coverage more political and more engaged with the wider world, less siloed. Uh, one of my big problems with games coverage in general, one of my problems with entertainment coverage in, in general is that it is built to be very siloed. It, it, it happens. You pay attention to games coverage to pay attention to games coverage. You pay attention to the movies coverage to, to pay attention about movies. And like, it's rare that you have an outlet that does crossover stuff or that extends past whatever that medium is, that entertainment medium. Um, so one, I want to do that, but like uh, the other thing is like i want to be able to also be fucking goofy like i want that that is the thing that i want the most and for why we've talked about youtube culture and stuff like that before where it's like these are the things that you have to do to be successful as a streamer as a youtuber etc and it's often like be super goofy and never have that serious side and the thing i like if there is a political mission for waypoint it's like forcing those two things together to where the same people who you're going to laugh at because they did a flip in a doom buggy in fucking battlegrounds are then going to have some thoughts about you know the aca so it's been one of those weeks it's like been trying but also i think has been positive overall for what we're trying to do here and i We've thankfully at least ended. So who knows? It's Friday. There it's could be Friday. A, there could be a five p.m. surprise. We have no idea what could happen today. But uh, I mean, that's life too, though. Isn't yes, it? It life is. is goofy and incredibly totally, serious totally. and incredible. It's it's every kind of thing. So yeah, I think getting away from sort of artificial boundaries that we put mm-hmm. on things is is always a a positive. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, video games. Video games. Um, I've been playing a game about trying to um, maintain some stability in a world that's falling apart in which you're surrounded by soulless husks who have no regard for human life, um, in which you and a small group of people can kind of look out for others and try to toss together some sort of bastion of defense against uh, an outside world that is uh, ambivalent to your existence. It's called Fortnite. Uh <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, it's called Working in America. It's called Fortnite. I'm playing Fortnite. Fortnite came out. Fortnite came – all right. Fortnite Fortnite secretly – Fortnite had become one of those games that was like not quite Duke Nukem Forever. Not quite – what are some other games that are like we've been waiting forever? Not quite Cuphead. Ah, Maybe a little bit Cuphead. It's Maybe a little bit Cuphead. Like it was this game that um, was first announced when Epic Games was going through – like a, a a strange transition, you know, where they got a uh, a majority stake or a minority stake from a Chinese, you know, mm-hmm. company. Like a lot of their designers left. Like essentially, like they closed the chapter on or closed the book on Gears of War. Right. And people thought like, oh, well, they'll just go and make another one of those games, you know, a new series. And instead, it seemed for a while, like, well, maybe they're just going to be an engine company. And Fortnite was kind of kicking around for the last couple of years. Like, you'd see, like, private betas going around, and then Epic would say, no, it's still in development. Uh-huh. And then other people – and then it'd be like, well, what could they possibly be working on for this long? And then finally uh, – I mean, it seems like it went through a bunch of iterations before it kind of had, has become the thing that uh, it is now. And it's now in early access. But you can buy, I think, a boxed copy of it. Uh, oh, wow. Of that game. Can you? I that didn't realize that. That so, might be wrong. Okay. I've put, like – 15, 12, 15 hours into it. It's one of those things that I've been like, it's kind of crept up on me a little bit. Uh, so that game came out. It's a, it feels like they were playing Gears of War horde mode and we're like, there's a whole game here. <laughs> Let's keep building on top of this. And so it's like, uh, the basic premise is you have, oh God. Okay. The basic premise is it's a horde mode game. You're, def- it's a co, it's a cooperative game, which you and th- up to three other people, uh, have missions to do in these big maps 
where you're you're out in the the countryside or in a city and there are zombies that come and basically every match is not every match but a lot of them center around this kind of horde mode thing of like okay quickly build um or not quickly you build up a base around a central point that you have to defend um but the thing that i didn't understand like you know you set down traps you put up different barricades you kind of figure out like okay the zombies are going to come from this direction there's a bunch of different enemy types some of them are like really good at destroying your fortifications some of them are really like tough and strong you know it's 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 the thing that you imagine basically yeah right at that point of it yeah different classes like oh this guy does a had summons a big chain gun this person can put down a, a turret this person can uh you know gets extra loot when they when they loot stuff they all have abilities and you level them up and there's tons of gear and 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 crafting equipment or crafting items and all that it's a lot of what you think it is but the thing that's really unique about it that i did not expect is the pace at which it plays i thought it would be like gears of war horde mode where you just like boom you're in it and now the zombies are coming and quickly throw up some defenses and you have some time before you hit the button or whatever but that's it but instead it's these like not big open worlds but like sizable maps Hmm. that you then are given lots of time to explore um, and there's secrets. There's little hidden dungeons. There's little Ooh. like secret chests hidden in the weird corners. I just up yeah. That. There's like, <laughs> so like for instance, and, and a lot of it's tied into the progression mechanics, right? So like the way this game works isn't that you get drops and you get a gun. It's you get a, a rare schematic. And so like, oh, I got the schematic for this light machine gun. I really need copper. Let's go to a map where we're going to be like in the suburbs or out in the, in the like the countryside where I know I'll probably be able to find like a little hidden mine somewhere. Go down there, find the copper I need to then build this gun at some point. And like, that's not what I thought that game would be. I didn't think it'd be any, I didn't think I'd ever be like, oh, hey guys, come over here. There's like a weird secret door that I just found. There could be like a whole underground facility over here. I thought it was just build these walls, fight these zombies. And it's that other part that's actually really engaging and fun. I, I'm really enjoying it. It's dense. The UI is a nightmare. There is like. Yeah, the UI is. V- Bad. The UI is oh, bad. No. It's Wait, is it just bad. The, a lot? Not the, not the mid-gameplay UI. The mid-fighting like fighting UI is fine. But the, what's bad is like the, the interstitial stuff where you're back at base. There's like huge skill trees that don't – that are not laid out in a way that communicates where you should be focusing. The way that it kind of tutorializes you by mission to mission doesn't always make clear what the overall structure of the game is. The UI is like legitimately bad. Mm. You should – my suggestion right now is to kind of power through that until you hit a point. There's kind of like five missions in a row or six missions in a row where it's like, do this mission, do this mission, do this mission. And then the mission type changes to where it's like, um, it's not go here and do this. It's in the next time that you do one of this style of mission, you need to find five videotapes that are scattered throughout the world. Um, I, I know your your platformer sense just started tingling. I'm like, uh-huh. um, this sounds fun. I want to collect it, shit and so that's, run around. You know, we're like, oh hey, do a do a oh, a mission in this setting in the cities and rescue seven people. And so like, the missions end up becoming these things that are very daily, very MMOE. You know what I mean? Like, oh, go do X of Y, like you know things. And it it is a surprising shift. And like my understanding is the end game to that game. What I heard someone describe it as was. Everything you play through the main missions of, of Fortnite are like the single player of Chrome Hounds back in the day. And that the post game is like the real game. Uh, like, okay, I'm training through by doing the single player things. I'm understanding what the game is. But once you get through the missions is when the game really opens up and like becomes what the thing is. And I can already start to see a lot of those things. It's not, this is not a game where it's like, I can't, I have no idea what that post game might look like. Now I do. And it seems like a perfect podcast game, a perfect game where I just want to like go home and like chill out with a friend and fuck around for 45 minutes in a map. When I say the pacing is like longer, that's what I mean. Like it's not, these matches are, you can finish them in five minutes. Like if you want to get in, like complete an objective and be done, you'll be done in five, 10 minutes. Or you can go into a map with a friend and be like, oh, let's just like hang out and explore and like find stuff and be in a map for 45 minutes, an hour. And that is a really unique space in a game like this. So. I'm enjoying it. I need to spend more time with it, obviously, but like it's bright and colorful. The characters are really great. There's a lot of racial diversity inside of the characters. It's not just like it's not like, oh, there's eight there's eight characters. There's four classes that all have a bunch of different variations of the characters with different skills and stuff. And the the, the characters all smile. Like that is like a, such a small <laughs> thing, but they all have grins on their faces. They're bright and like hopeful and it's it communicates a lot and it's nothing that I would have expected to come out of Epic. So that's my my little rant on Fortnite. I want to try I'm, it. I'm gonna keep you, you. Yeah, there's lots of lots of loot, lots of card pack opening. Except instead of card packs, they're llama they're llama pinatas. 
and you hit them, it's good. That sounds satisfying, sure. actually. Yeah. Why not? A little bit. Yeah. It's a low-energy game. Uh, Urian in the chat, Urian86 is, ugh, I kind of need a low-energy game, but the damn price. Yeah, it's a little expensive. I bet it goes free to play. Maybe wait. What else have people been playing? Yeah. If anything. What else? Oh, sorry. What yeah. else? I, I'm going to tell you about a little game. Mm-hmm. I played a little game today, in fact. And it was it was uh, from the Resist Jam, actually. That oh, was a awesome. Resist-themed, you know, political action, basically, themed game jam from a couple of months ago. And it kind of tied into some of the things we've been doing, some mm-hmm. of the prison state stuff. It's it's more the surveillance state than necessarily mm-hmm. just the incarceration side, but mm-hmm. it's all part of the just the, umbrella the, the general of criminal justice just like focusing and on surveillance. Yeah, exactly. Categorizing watching. bodies and yeah, exactly, watching people. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'll just briefly uh, say it's called Freedom Through a Lens. And what it is is a little first-person narrative game mm-hmm. where you are a photographer. You go to a protest. What was it called one more time? It is called Freedom Through a Lens. I'm okay. making sure I'm getting yes, it right because it is it is like, yeah. So you're a photographer. You go to a protest and you're talking to various people at this protest uh, and asking – you're basically a photojournalist, a freelancer, and asking them, what are you here? What, what's going on? What are you doing here? Can you give me a quote basically? Mm. And then you take their picture with their face blacked out so that there's no way they yeah. can – be incarcerated for what they've done and being at this protest. Uh, and it's just like a cool little exploration of what it is to go to a protest, why, various reasons people go to a protest. Really cool little free thing. You could download it like this second and play it nice. in 10 minutes. That's like two things. Rad. That reminds yeah. me of two things. One, I think that we do on the site that I don't know that a lot of people know is we just curate a list of free games that you yes. can go play. There's a – if you go to waypoint.vice.com slash free play. Free play. Is it two words? It's a hyphen. It's, There's a hyphen. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a hyphen, yeah. Or if you just go to waypoint.vice.com or waypoint.zone, yeah. uh, you can click on the little links in the top left and then go to play and just find a list of a bunch of free, interesting games that you can go play. So that's one thing. The second thing is I want to shout out our form uh, members right now because they have been doing all month a waypoint, an unofficial waypoint game jam. Um, which I'm haven't had time to like check out any of the prototypes or any of the, the things yet, um, but I'm super excited. That's that's at uh, if you can go to discourse.zone yeah. <laughs> to visit our forums or or form.waypoint.vice.com. Uh, there's like a thread. It's called New Jam City, the unofficial Waypoint Game Jam. It's a great um, logo. It's a fantastic logo, <laughs> uh, and it's like 77 you know things long. I'm super excited to dig into these. I think we should do a stream yeah. of some of these. Yeah, we should. Uh, it's only going on for a few more days. Unfortunately, we should have shouted this out much earlier, but sometimes we are incredibly busy, and that's <laughs> a problem. Uh, so check those out. That would be really great. Game jams are great. That's my opinion. Yeah. Rob, have you been playing anything else? I'm playing a little game about a remorseless uh, horde uh, in the service of a truly evil cause hmm. uh, that's cloaked in high-minded ideals that are all hollow, uh, fighting against a poorly led uh, but a passionate group of people with right on their side, but whose inexperience may work against them. So the funny thing uh, here, Rob, mm, okay. So which party this of is American thing, politics are you can describing? I, well, can I guess which one you're talking about? Because I have two... Hmm. Mm. Oh, could, I didn't it, think about that. Mm. There are two games on my list that this could be, and I don't know. I don't know if you're describing Ultimate General Gettysburg or Darkest Dungeon. Uh, I'm describing Ultimate General Civil War. Oh, Civil uh, War, not Ultimate Gettysburg. General Gettysburg. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Darkest Dungeon, I think, is a little too... Because what you just described is still that. Yeah, although there's a central leadership to Darkest Dungeon that I think is a little bit... It, it, I don't think that maps quite as well. It depends on how cynical you are about the Democrats right it, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, you know, that's all. Uh, but no, I think you're probably right. So how is how is uh, uh, General, Ultimate General Civil War? Uh, it's, it's really good. It's, it's a really fun Civil War game. It's got a great set of historical battles, uh, including some stuff you don't usually find in a Civil War game. But, like, it's a really good introductory, like, Civil War war game. Uh, you sort of just click and, you, you sort of 
you select your forces, click them anywhere on the map. That's about it. The thing you need to know is troops in cover uh, take damage more slowly, and they maintain the morale. If huh. morale dips too low, they run. So it's all about conserving basically the physical fatigue of your troops, and then their uh, and then their like cor- courage. Um, that sounds way simpler than the thing I thought it would be. <laughs> if I'm yeah, being no, it's, honest. It's like somebody looked at Sid Meier's Gettysburg from way back in the day yeah, and yeah. was like, what if we made this simpler? Interesting. And Which that's, kind of, choice, that's yeah. kind of what they did. Uh, it's it's a great looking game, has a gorgeous art style. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Totally. Yeah, the the downside with it is that I think once you've learned how these scenarios unfold, they tend to get a little rote and you've sort of solved mm-hmm. them and they may not be super replayable. Can I ask you what you think about that really quick? Like, I... I'm always – so I, I don't play a lot of historical war games. Um, yeah. I have like occasionally in my past. But I always – there are so many conversations around war games that I think are fascinating. And one of them is you just said like, oh, you solve these these encounters. You solve the basic structure of, of, of encounters. And I'm always curious what people who play war games think when it comes to kind of historical accuracy, the ability to quote unquote solve a – uh, a combat encounter. I think we've talked about this briefly before, but like the division between games that are trying to simulate history and and kind of say this is how things turned out for real. The allies pushed in on D-Day. They successfully, you know, came through the beaches. They took losses, but they moved in and and were ma- and managed to to create a a front for a new assault. Um Versus people who are like, oh, I want this game to be balanced, and that means that the Germans, that the Axis powers, should be able to withstand that attack if only they'd solved it right. Or do you know what I mean? The, the division yeah. there. Where do you come down as a player on that? Or, or do you not come down? Do you just like everything? No, I definitely have a preference, and it's certainly I do not like things that are super solvable, and that can mean a few things. Like any scenario based game is going to have an element where, like, you get familiar with the parameters of the scenario. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a few variations that can crop up, but like you learn different approaches that can work or not. Like eventually, you're probably going to solve that. Uh, where where it tends to get a little tedious for me is where like solving it just means learning where everything is at and the order in which things will happen. Right. And I think ultimate general civil war airs a little bit on that side. Like once you've been through a scenario once, you know, when enemy reinforcements are going to show up, you know Mm -hmm. where they're going to show up from. Uh, And once you know all that stuff, you can just start anticipating it. And there's nothing in the game that prevents you from abusing that foreknowledge. Mm-hmm. And I think that ends up working against the game. But on the other hand, there's a lot of scenarios. You know, you'll get through all of them at least once or twice with each side. You'll have a good time. It's just it prevents it from becoming uh, sort of one of those infinitely revisitable uh, classics I got that you. you that you come across. So. I generally like things that are a little more dynamic that can throw a few more twists your way. Mm-hmm. Like something that Sid Meier's Gettysburg uh, did that was really smart. So everyone basically, like if you're even a ca- casually in history, you roughly know the outline of the Battle of Gettysburg. If you know war games, you roughly know the outline of the Battle of Gettysburg. What Sid Meier's Gettysburg had was the option for certain variants to pop up. Uh, if I'm if I'm re- remembering this correctly, so like. On the first day of Gettysburg or something, uh, you know, the first corps is supposed to show up between like, you know, uh, 9 a.m. and noon. What sure. if they're late? What if they don't show up and the Union cavalry is just hanging out there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with, with, you know, with their hand in the vice, basically? What happens then? That could just happen while you're playing the scenario. Right. And then you're on a different scenario, basically. You have to adapt to a completely different set of circumstances. That's the kind of stuff I love. Is that is that variability? Not many games well, have that variability. Then is like grounded in something other than just tactical play. It's grounded in what if the historical circumstances shifted? What if you know X Y Z happened? That then for this moment the stakes had changed or the resources available had changed instead of just like oh I was better at this. Like I if if only the the smarter general had been there they could have upset the the thing. Not that, that that's not there too to some degree. Yeah, that's interesting. Where do you think – this is like a weird pivot, which is like how do you think games that are not historically based – how do you feel about those? Like Darkest Dungeon is a game that I I played a lot of. I don't know if Patrick or Danielle, if you've played any Darkest Dungeon, that game is really good. Um, 
is a fa- is a fantasy game. It's like a, a cosmic horror. Like you're yeah. delving into dungeons. You're fighting, you know, bog hags and other creatures. Um, there's magic. It's the sort of magic that is terrible. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a game that actually does feel like magic is bad in, in a way that lots of settings that say like magic is bad, they don't actually communicate that mechanically. Whereas in this, more it's like, like magic is awesome. Yeah, yeah. They're more like magic is awesome. And but in Darkest Dungeon, magic's bad. It sucks. <laughs> um, even when you're using it for yourself. Uh, and but also I'm curious there like do you feel when playing games like that like I don't want this to feel solvable I don't want to find an optim- an optimized strategy I don't want to find like the one true way forward I want things to be contextualized when when they go weird or 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 no. do you have more wiggle room there Uh I have more wiggle room but I also just am a huge goddamn hypocrite like that's <laughs> that's the other part of it We're all hypocrites It's, it's like I want like yeah I don't want to solve this game I I don't want my I don't want to identify my optimal strategy and have that just work time and again so the game's like cool I'm gonna throw this really unexpected curveball at you and force you to sort of think on your feet and I'm like how dare you <laughs> how, how dare you use mind control or something like that uh, how like I I think where where stuff like that stays interesting is like if you can prevent people from having uh, the same strategy work again and again and again. Force them to keep adapting it. And I think Darkest Dungeon is very clever about this in that it, because you can very rarely run the same party composition in mission after mission, you are forced to recombine the different pieces of your army, as it were, and find the different synergies uh, that are created there or the different vulnerabilities. Uh, sometimes right. you get through a mission, you're like, man, this party does incredible, like, chain stun damage it's it's unreal and then at a certain point they remember oh yeah this party can't like heal effectively <laughs> at all yeah no that's the thing with, with darkest dungeon is like you can totally build a team comp that is just not it's wrong like oh i i could maybe eke out a really streamlined short mission but i literally cannot do 80 percent of the missions that, that it gives me we're just not built for it Sorry, I was yeah. distracted for a moment because I I got very curious to see if Darkest Dungeon was out on iOS or on or on Switch, and it's not yet. Oh. But like both of those are things that might happen. But like I, I, Darkest Dungeon, it would be on such iPad a good would iOS so game. Good. It'd be so good. Oh God. Anyway, strategy games are interesting. I want to play one one day. We have Rob to and find, I are going to need to stream. Like, we have to a, figure out a the strategy. general and the ensign. I see. I don't even know. I don't even know. The general, general and the enlistee. Those are Private. ranks. Those are ranks in different, Private. different. I know. I completely I different that. branches. Uh, the I rear think, admiral. There are, are there ensigns? And on the me? ensign. I think there are army ensigns. Are uh, there army ensigns? Not just a navy thing. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. The army. See, I did go. it. That's good. I'm. I'm glad for you. <laughs> the, mm, I don't know if that's true. I just did a search. I'm not. When, oh mm, no. Well, no, not, not in the U.S. Army. Oh, in an army. I am, I am saying there have been an army armies somewhere. where... Yeah, yeah well, there's been everything in an army somewhere. Like, there's been a lot of armies. <laughs> okay. A- Admiral and Ensign. Thank you. Okay? Can we, there we go. We'll go with to find that. whatever that game is. Let's go with that. We should play more Stellaris together. That was fun. All that right. That was really fun. We should actually, what we should do is probably take a turn into the question bucket. Oh. Uh, I need a number because it's a Friday and Fridays are days when we go deep into the question bucket, but we're running out of questions. We might need to spend, we might need to spend a day of just refilling the bucket. Like we're down to 60 odd questions now. Back 60, bucket. 58 questions. Very nice. Just give me a number. Look from at one us. To 58. Let's go with uh, the amount of calories that are in uh, ketchup uh, servings. 19. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate very, very, it. Very, you know, I. Rowan, just a random number, writes in Rowan from Auckland, New Zealand, not Rowan Kaiser, uh, says, hey, having finished the Titanfall 2 campaign, it felt like a great example of gameplay and mechanics overcoming an extremely generic story. Of course, this isn't new, but are there many examples of a game that you enjoyed because of its great story, despite its mediocre gameplay? Thanks, Rowan, Auckland, New Zealand. I, I didn't play it, but Nier is like the quintessential example of a game that has like uh, uh, like objectively awful gameplay, but a story that is wild and worth uh, getting to. Yeah. Nier um, Automata, which like it it starts strong from a gameplay perspective and then just then, becomes kind of repetitive in yeah. a way that uh, it just doesn't kind of keep pace with the, the story. They diverge at a certain mm-hmm. point where you're just kind of clamoring through the combat just so you can see what happens next um so 
Like, it, I think it's worth it, but I, like the the difference between the the the, the quality of the story in Near, the original yeah. Near, and the and the quality of the gameplay is a lot. Uh, is very wide. It's the Grand Canyon in that game. It's a lot closer <laughs> in Near Automata. That's yeah. the example that I'm trying. I can think of a game that I played. That's the question. Recently. Like ones that you played and actually finished. Yeah. You? Well, yeah. I didn't finish it, but Last Guardian is like absolutely. But you didn't finish it. Like that's the key <sighs> okay. of this question. All right. All right. Let me think. It's like, let what did think. you push through, Rob? Anything? Uh, I completed The Witcher 1. Oh, uh, that's which, okay. Look, and there's some people out there who are like, Oh, I didn't like the Witcher 3 combat. Like, it left me cold. You don't know shit about bad <laughs> Witcher combat. Like, you don't know what it, like, just a soul-crushing grind witching could be. It's bad. Um, I, I tried. I tried really hard multiple times, Rob. They built that game on, like, a hacked-together, modded-up version of the Neverwinter Nights 2 engine. Oh, that makes which sense. Which is, is pretty wild, but, like, yeah. the Witcher 1 just had really uh, kind of crap... Uh, combat. Uh, it was it was good at evoking settings, but like the battles themselves were really kind of excruciating. And and eventually, like you you were just glad you could take you could get your Witcher all drugged up so you could just like right. plow through those encounters. But the story was really really good, and the, and that sort of dichotomy existed from the first. The opening quests are your standard like terrible village quests in mm-hmm. an RPG. Like there's a bad plant in my garden and everything. <laughs> but what was that? One more time? What? No, seriously, there was come somebody. Hmm? Who was that? Who yeah, was that other person? Who was that voice? I don't. Do we have a fifth person? Natalie, back. is there a fifth person? I didn't hear oh. shit. Oh, it's that ghost again. Oh, the ghost. Yeah, the ghost from our stream on Friday. Okay, who? On Friday. Well, yesterday. Two days ago. Wednesday. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> this is what happens when you spend your nights on an ambulance. Sometimes, okay. Oh boy. Oh brother. Okay. Well, this week has been like uh, two years long. It's yes, been it has. So. Week. You know, last year when we streamed. But yeah, so like you're, you've got those classic village quests where people are just giving you what seems like busy work, and one of them is this little dude being like, "There's an evil plant in in my backyard, and you got to deal with that shit." Uh, and then the game reveals the kind of world The Witcher actually is, which is a fucking horror show. Uh, and I got addicted to that, and it forced me to plow through what was otherwise a pretty awful game uh, in a lot of ways. But I was in it for. Uh, the the village gothic, uh, the, right. the the murder corpse brides, yeah, 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 uh, all that stuff. I, I That's think interesting. It, actually, the the quintessential act answer to this for me is Deadly Premonition, which is probably the answer yeah. for a lot of people. Um, sure, a, a game that is no fun to play. And I, if you some if you made the mistake of starting the difficulty on normal instead of easy, woe is you because the combat is just terrible. In the that combat game. is not good. I I. So I I played with a fact, which means that probably don't, my experiences doesn't count. That's the way to play that game. If but you it is see all like I I beat it and then realized how much I missed and I should have played it. Yeah, with you a should fact, have, So I dude. could have seen a lot. There's of like the stranger well, like stuff. only because even that game is a game where you can there are things that you can get that are way off the beaten path that right. make playing that game easier. Like fast the travel. Radio, the yeah, radio yeah, is yeah. the big one, right? Mm-hmm. The radio is the one that's like if you don't get that radio. You're gonna be in that car nonstop forever. Like even with it, you're in it a lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That might be one. I need to figure out if I ever want to go back and play Deadly Premonition again. I beat that game years ago and really loved it, and have grown a lot as a person and have sharper beliefs about the representation of people. And there are some real fucking bad characters in that game. And also, it is a deeply warm game, and it is a game that I really respond well to a lot of the characterization. And but uh, it's one of those ones like I know if I go back, I don't. It's going to be a hard pill to swallow. Out at a time too. When there yeah, wasn't as that's not much. A great excuse. I don't I'm know. just saying there wasn't as much that was that warm and personal right. feeling. Yes, at, I see what you're you saying. know during it felt what 2010, so, yeah, 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 2011. I, I somewhere in I don't there. know the exact somewhere year, in but there, for there's sure. been more games that cater to that taste. The thing that always comes to mind when these sorts of questions come up to me is like, oh, adventure games are that, because you're just playing for the story. <laughs> like, oh, Walking Dead, blah, blah, blah. Like, um, But the thing that I think is always missed up in, in, missed in that conversation is that the narrative design of those games is the gameplay. Right. We don't think about narrative exactly. design as being like combat, but it is also a craft. It is also like a set of skills that is about 
prioritization and pacing and all that stuff is is balanced and is designed the in the world, same way knowing the object totally. knowing the things you can interact with totally. is knowing that world and absolutely knowing those characters. yeah and those so, things yeah. i think are always under expressed as being mechanical people like draw that line between mechanics and story and adventure games are actually like this very core important part where you should be thinking about story as being mechanical so um anything else any other ones i, I hate uh, mass effect for- yeah. Mass Effect? What? You're wrong. Oh, well, the the gameplay's not that. No. The, no, the combat in first one is kind of mediocre, but it's not, it's not like. It's never that good, though. Like, yeah. the first one, the first one I dragged myself through, but even after getting over that hurdle. It is the like, best story of all three games. It, I, yeah. I totally agree. It does. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, is this we, the whole. Wait. Yeah, I think we all agree. Actually. Are we all? Because I know this was. I the think three we of us, like, pre Rob, this came up, and I, yeah. I, I revealed myself as a. Mass Effect 1 is the best truther. It's the best one. Yeah. For story. I think it's... I like 2 a lot. I love 2. I yes. love 2. But 1's my favorite. Yes. 1 is the one that, like, deep I think 1 is maybe the most memorable of yeah. the game. 1 is one of the most memorable games I've ever played, let alone mm-hmm. one of but the, the most... But the combat... It, it really yeah, is a of question of the combat and the story yeah. had this insane inverse I like the combat in 1 fine, but that's just... That's who I am. Yeah, it's true that the, right. the universe you propelled know, me forward I just feel like it really did get... Smoother playing, I, yes. and the story got oh, less absolutely. interesting. Like it was that yeah. weird inverse relationship. Totally. I will say maybe part of it is just like I always play characters who are really. I play a vanguard in all the Mass Effect games, and Mass Effect One as a vanguard is like right down the middle at like the perfect blend of difficulty and and like ease. Um, because adept powers, biotics are way overpowered in Mass Effect One. Uh, and also being a vanguard means you're up close, uh, or like you get a shotgun and a pistol, you don't have an assault rifle. And the assault rifle is the worst to play with in Mass Effect 1, because you're just like, blah, shooting forever, and bullets are just hitting and not Maybe, doing anything. Yeah. Maybe. There's no, it's, and so like being, playing with weapons that are like very up close powerful weapons meant, I guess you, maybe you do still have a, hmm, no, no, I think you don't. Anyway, I like Mass Effect 1 a whole bunch. It's real good. Rob, you're a Mass Effect 1 guy? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it's like it's kind of a long road to get there, but it has like the best third act. Uh, it has oh, one of the yeah. great gaming third acts ever. Oh, my God, by far the best third act of the Mass Effect She's game. Sovereign. Ugh. Oh mm. yeah, what a moment. Meanwhile, <laughs> Mass Effect Two, which I do love and I think could have been better. Mass Effect Two ends with like, "What if you fight a big metal skeleton? Does that <laughs> do anything for you?" And I'm it's like, a "Skeleton it? Jazz Wizard." Contra is Three, what it is. the yeah. Alien Wars. It's a great video game, and they just wanted to <laughs> shout out. Contra Contra 3 from the Super Nintendo. God damn. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, the actual truth for me is, like, I often don't like game stories. Like, there are a lot of game stories that I think are bad, um, including ones that I used to think were really good. And it is often the case more and more that I'll like elements of a story or I'll like a, a style mm. of – of uh characterization or tone of a game I, I people were passing around my 2014 giant bomb best of list today in which i read about fantasy life i don't think fantasy life has like a good story but i think that there is again a warmth to it there is like a surprising amount of thoughtfulness when it comes to questions of ethnicity and nationality in that game but i don't think that like the moment-to-moment storytelling is good uh and that would never even though i love that game that's never going to be the thing that carries me through even games that i love and i think that that's partially just because like i get stories in other places i i tend to go to other places for really well-written stuff um which doesn't mean that that stuff can exist so in one games. could almost say that video games are better without stories oh, I, I knew that was coming bullshit. i knew it was coming no. i was like who's going to say it who um, will say it uh i think there's a different i think there's two different claims there one is a historical claim and this is the problem with the with the Bogos piece. Uh, we're fucking back in it. We're just oh, in it. I didn't mean to do that. We're I didn't doing mean to do that. I was so there's a historical claim in which what you say is AAA mass market video games have bad stories. Check. Video games as a medium cannot tell good stories. Eh, bad. Not, not check. Not check. I was gonna no say X, check. but that still fills it in. And I don't want a situation no where check. people think that I've, I've X equals a check. I don't know. I'm going to eject, I yeah. checked away from this. <laughs> I'm going to uncheck my way away from box. this ghost conversation. Otherwise, we'll just be here for the next hour. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for us this week. I got out of that question without answering I'm it, so that's I'm glad nobody said Soma. Oh, Soma might be the right answer, though. Soma is a good answer. No! Uh, Soma's a good answer. No. Thanks for bringing it up, Danielle. Yeah, the, that, do you that like game the gameplay in Soma? I do. You like running oh, from those shitty aliens? Like, there's some or whatever they are. They're not aliens. They're not aliens, I don't think. Anytime you encounter a creature in that game, it grinds to a halt. It's frustrating, 
but I don't want to throw all the gameplay into one fell swoop. There are other there. things there there's that other are things. Good. There's some I'm puzzles a- that I like. I think they bring you into the environment really nicely. I'm not going to fight you on the encounters. They are a little annoying. I just don't want to say all the gameplay sucks in that game. I will say uh, all, all the gameplay sucks in the Zero Escape games, 999, <laughs> VLR, Zero Time Dilemma. The Dying puzzles Reborn. in those games, yeah. just fucking, if I could have played a version of them without them, I would have. I played. Right. It's the only time I've played three games in a row with a walkthrough sitting next to me <laughs> because I wouldn't even dare try the puzzle. I would just look up the solution <laughs> and do it because the puzzles are so bad in those games That's that a, yeah. the people that – if you're one of those people that actually sits there and do it, I feel bad for you. There's something wrong with you. You should get it checked hey, out and you listen, should just just not do that to yourself. Some people love puzzles, okay? Let They're people... bad puzzles. They're not – they're bad puzzles. Are you sure you're not bad at puzzles, Patrick? No, I, I've, about got that? A, I've got a puzzle table in my house. I can't be bad at puzzles. You I have a puzzle, puzzle table. table? Yeah, we have, we put together uh, jigsaw puzzles. We have a Aww. table dedicated Aww. to Dude, them the jigsaw house. puzzle table. What? Yeah. That's cute. Do you like Banjo Kazooie a lot? I mean, I do. Yeah. It all adds up. It all adds up. Like all right. That on that note. <laughs> there we go. We're gonna wrap that was up. A happy note. I'm Austin Walker. You can find me on Twitter at Austin Walker. Nope. At Austin underscore Walker. There it is. <laughs> it's one of those weeks. It does. Danielle, where can people find you? Danielle R I. Rob Zachney. At Rob Zachney. And Patrick Klepek. I'm, yeah, Patrick I'm very close to this microphone. Well, I don't know why I'm doing this. You're going to fall asleep a little bit I'm, there on that it's, mic. It's Friday. So we have a few more hours. It's almost We done. have like two more hard edits to do today. Two more hard edits. Finish, I think, and then I think we're doing it. Come together. Uh, you can find everything we do at waypoint.vice.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash waypoint. That's right, right? That's okay. One of those weeks. Facebook.com slash waypointvice. YouTube.com slash waypointvice. And at twitch.tv slash waypoint. Make sure you come to the website this week to check out some of the articles we've run. We're, I'm really proud of the stuff that we've run. Hell I yeah. Somebody joked, this is my, my birthday week this week, that like I got myself a prestige journalism feature <laughs> uh, series. Like, oh, what awesome. What did you do for your birthday this week? Oh, I commissioned 10 to 13 stories about the prison Gitmo culture and, games, and Gitmo yeah. and, car- <laughs> and the carceral state. I, I, I paid Cameron Kunzelman to write me a, a, a piece about whether or not we could imagine a world without prison. Prisons. That's what I did for my birthday. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. All said. All said. <laughs> uh, so check that stuff out at waypoint.vice.com. Uh, shout outs to Natalie Watson, at Natalie Watson, who is manning the uh, the production staff board thing. The Wirecast, that's what they're doing this called. <laughs> shout outs to Tim Barnes, our, our producer for Waypoint Radio. Follow him on Twitter at TimBarnes451. And you can check out the music by Bowen, who's letting us use his track Miss You off the EP panel machine at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. That is going to do it for us. Before we go, what is it that we tell them? Danielle? Be good. Be good at it. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.